Hello, everyone. Thank you very much for joining us for the NASDAQ Dorsey Wright podcast for this Wednesday, October 21st. Uh, my name is Ian Saunders, and joining us here today is Charlie Coleman. And Charlie, we're coming in, as uh, you all touched on last week, looking at some some dispersion within domestic equity, specifically looking at the sector side. Um, coming in here to a domestic equity market, at least today, um, that's shown kind of r- rather muted movement. Uh, been some areas being slightly down, some areas being slightly up. Um, a little bit of upside over the past uh, over the past week or so here on the domestic equity side. But um, circling back to that conversation of dispersion, we are looking to expand upon that and really take the step further today, looking at dispersion within international markets. And as we touched on in the daily equity report, right at the beginning of the month on um, October 6th, uh, we, we had a piece in the report in, in the feature for that day, looking at dispersion between different factors, both on the domestic equity side and then as well as on the international side. Um, looking at the international one specifically here today, um, looking at the um, dispersion between those international factors, really on the developed specifically, um, we could see that the dispersion between the two has actually been some of the highest readings that we've seen between the top performing factor in international equities being momentum, similar to domestic markets, and the lowest performing uh, on, on a year-to-date basis through the first three quarters there being that dividend achiever within international equity markets, um, that, that Invesco International D- Dividend Achievers Fund down there at a, return, at a negative return of negative 25.64%, um, showing some pretty substantial dispersion between those areas and actually notching the highest continued dispersion that we've seen, uh, taking that through actually through trading yesterday, um, continue to have momentum be the top performing area within that breakdown with a, a slightly better return over the past couple of weeks here. So looking at a, a current year-to-date return for that, Momentum representative ticker PIZ of 10.63% through trading yesterday. Um, and dividend achiever still being the lowest, but done a little bit better. So a negative return of negative 22.53%, bringing us to a dispersion of over 33% on the year between those two factors, um, which again is the highest that we've seen throughout the history of the test that we had there, um, going back certainly to 2009. And then actually, if you take it all the way back to 2006, still the highest dispersion that we've seen. Uh, for the international factor perspective. So to take a little bit of a deeper dive within that, I mean, that conversation within the the high dispersion leading to outperformance from momentum is a conversation that we've continued to harp on over the past few weeks here. Um, And and there's a few other ways that we can take a look at trying to um, identify areas of dispersion, areas of outperformance um, or underperformance. Um, And so if we take a look at another quilt, Moving over to a quilt of the breakdown between the broad international representatives, looking at um, EFA, the iShares, EFA, ETF there for developed markets, EEM, the emerging iShares Emerging Markets Fund for uh, emerging markets, and then ticker ACWX, that broad MSCI XUS ETF there. Um, looking at a performance dis- uh, comparison, rather, on using the quilt tool that we have on the platform, um, brings us to EEM, unsurprisingly, being the top performing area that, that we've seen among these three at a year-to-date return of 2.36% through trading on Tuesday. Um, EFA, the developed markets representative, is the worst performing area that we've seen between these three at a, at a return of negative 6.65% there, um, bringing us to that dispersion of just over 9% on the year. Um, so that dispersion is certainly higher than we've seen over the past couple years, uh, but not the highest that we've seen taking it all the way back there to 2005 
um, with some areas looking specifically at 2015 to 2017, showing pretty high high dispersion there, about 10% each of those years. Um, and then in years like 2013, 23% dispersion that we saw between EFA at the top performing area in that time versus the emerging markets representative EEM. Yeah, Ian, and uh, going back over time, uh, especially over the last 15 years, a lot of advisors really put a lot of emphasis on EFA um, as their primary holding within the international space. But as we can see here, EM, or just broad emerging markets, has actually drupled the return over EFA. Um, actually, if you're planning on just holding a passive benchmark over time and you don't necessarily want to own uh, just emerging markets, holding that global XUS balanced ACWX uh, strategy um, has definitely returned much better than just holding something simple like EFA. Yeah, absolutely, Darren. I mean, in looking at some other kind of applications to take this a little bit step further, Charlie, one thing that we were discussing was, okay, well, we have the broad representation here. We see EEM continue to outperform on a year-to-date basis, really throughout most of this uh, global equity rally that we've had since uh, since the, the COVID-induced low there in March. Um, but taking a step further to look at some international region perspective, um, looking at a, a few different regions, specifically Asia, ex-Japan, Eurozone, Africa, and then Latin America, um, we can see a, a furthering of this conversation that the the dispersion we've seen this year, looking at through trading yesterday with the Asia representative being that top performing area at a little bit over 9% return on the year, and Latin America being the worst performing at, at a, a over 33% loss on the year, bringing us in that dispersion of just over 43% um, is, is among the highest readings we've seen on the regional perspective. Um, and significantly higher than, than looking at those broad representatives there. Um, the only year that we've seen in, in this test uh, that's shown higher dispersion was back in 2009, um, where we saw a dispersion of 65% in what was certainly a, a volatile year there for international equities. Um, but here we can continue to see that that, that emerging markets breakdown that, that we saw and that's continued to outperform has really been led in large part by some of these, these individual countries within the Asia region, looking specifically at areas like China and Taiwan that have continued to outperform over the past, uh, over the past several weeks here. Um, in other areas such as the, uh, the, the more developed market focused areas in the Eurozone, um, and then certainly those areas within Latin America that have been hit pretty hard with the, coronavirus there that have continued to outperform through at least through the first three quarters of the year here, Charlie. Yeah. And, um, you know, piggybacking off that earlier point on the dispersion, um, you know, a lot of people tend to look at international markets and they just, you know, think ones like it, emerging markets or, or East, like we had just shown, you know, this definitely does help us dig down a little bit further and really look at those regions, which operate very much so independent than everything else. Um, you know, in Asia, for instance, we've seen them continually be one of the top uh, regions over the last 15 years. Uh, they're that nice bright yellow box, um, either in the first or second position the majority of years. And this dispersion is really one of the things that we look for when we're building portfolios and we're looking to create new strategies, because the wider dispersion that we're seeing and the more ability to get granular uh, really does help us to produce uh, returns that are going to be different than just owning a passive benchmark. And one of the one of the top ways that we do that is through actually looking at individual countries. And so if you, you know, take this a step further and you start looking at individual countries, 
Um, we actually looked at 33 individual country indexes uh, that represent the majority of the globe, um, emerging and developed markets. And really dug in and continued to look at that dispersion. And what we've seen this what we've seen this year is that we've seen a fifty percent dispersion between the top country and the bottom country. And really, this fifty percent is pretty average. So going back the last five years, um, we've seen on average a fifty one percent dispersion. This is actually real great because what this means is that there are some countries that are just really knocking that cover off the ball, while other other ones are really being those laggards and dra- dragging that overall market of success. And then really over allocating to those top names, not only do we get a tailwind, but we're able to cut some of that extra cargo and really speed up the portfolio over time. Yeah, absolutely. There, Charlie, another way that we can come in and and take a look at some of the individual country representatives um, that that we have on the system from a technical perspective is through um, a page that we have on the system called the Asset Class Group Scores page. Um, and when coming in and looking at that particular ranking, there's a variety of view filters that you can use um, to sort the, the groups that you see on the page. And what those groups are, simply, we have 135 different investable areas of the market. And that's meant to represent everything from your individual domestic equity sector, size and style, fixed income classifications, as well as non-U.S. specific regions and countries. And so you can sort that group or the sort that page by non-US, hit that set view button, and then it'll um, only bring up those groups that are specifically pertaining to those international areas with the few benchmarks thrown in there, such as the S&P 500 and, and all equity funds representatives. Um, and so these groups are essentially going to be taking all the ETFs and mutual funds that we uh, designate in a particular area, such as China, I mean, averaging their fund scores together, fund scores from zero to six, um, to give us an average score for the group as a whole. So China, uh, as an example, um, we have 83 different funds that we look at within the China equity space. Um, and averaging each of those funds together gives us an average score for China of 4.41. Um, this is the third highest uh, group that we see on this particular page and the highest individual country um, that we see ranked on this, on this non-U.S. ranking. Um, in one way that we can take a look at some of the dispersion changes from a score perspective is uh, to actually take a look at this, how these scores have changed on a graph. You can click off each of these areas and bring up a graph representation of how they've changed over time. Um, and in looking at those over the past couple of years, we definitely see some areas move in, in, in to favor in the international equities perspective, areas moving out of favor over the past couple of years. Um, but largely it, it tended to kind of follow similar movements. Uh, gr- international equities be- begin to decline. Most of the group scores with internationals begin to decline as well. Um, the case is a little bit different since we come off the bottom there in March. Um, in, in, in looking at areas that held up significantly better, um, looking at Super Pacific that didn't drop nearly as low as many of the other international equities drop into a score low there of, of about is still maintaining above a score of average score of 2.0. Um, whereas most other international regions uh, fell significantly lower with Latin America getting all the way down uh, to uh, 0.49 average score um, and, and continue to re- remain in low territory. Um, those areas that really held up better in that decline have been the areas that have improved more as well or, sh- or shown more strength recently um, with creating more dispersion from a score perspective among these broad region representatives that we have on that group scores page. So in addition to the different performance breakdowns that we have, this technical score that we have here incorporates a variety of different factors. It goes into the fund score of each fund. 
that all goes into the group scores there that we see on the page. So definitely interesting to see that we see that kind of dispersion conversation continued uh, with the areas of Super Pacific scoring very well on its recent score posting through Tuesday at 3.97 and areas like Latin America still remaining out of favor. So, Charlie, if we continue to see this, this dispersion, I mean, the, the conversation looking just at the performance side of things to carry it over some of the other rankings that we have across the system, looking here at the asset class group scores as well as some others. Yeah, that's exactly right. Ian. And as you know, one one important point I think that often gets skipped is that these are all uh, very uh, technically driven scores that are really taking the emotion out. So when you look back at the post recovery period, uh, there's probably not a lot of people that would would have said that uh, Super Pacific would have been one of the areas that you really wanted to overweight going forward. But by really taking out that emotion out and really just looking at that raw data, looking at the looking at those momentum scores, um, you know, if you were able to definitely capitalize on something that not a lot of people would have necessarily seen coming. Now, Ian, um, there is one more uh, one more view that we look at, and that's using our matrix. Uh, so we actually go through and we look at all of those individual countries on a matrix standpoint. And what are some of the, what are some of the um, some of the points that we're really seeing this year? Which countries are at the top of our ranks, um, and really which ones are leading, kind of leading the charge? Yeah. So, like you said, one of the other views that we have in addition to this is, is the matrix perspective. And uh, what we've done recently is, is taken the essentially the, the Nasdaq individual Nasdaq country indices. Um, 43 of those individual country representatives um, enthroned those into a matrix to see, okay, which areas are strongest from a relative strength perspective, which are those areas that you want to maintain exposure to or look towards if you're looking to add international exposure, and where are those areas to avoid, right? And so uh, the application of that is looking to really those top, the top quartile of that matrix, so the top 11-ish names, um, are going to be those areas that we would have by ratings on. Um, those areas that if you're looking for ad international exposure, these are the more favorable areas. This is where you want to be. Um, and in looking at those 11 names, I mean, as we've touched on, as we've seen in the performance breakdowns, as we've seen in rankings like this here, um, the, the emerging market, specifically the Pacific area, has been really the, the, the name of the game, or at least most of the com most conversations have been centered around within international equity since that market bottom there in March. Uh, but in looking at those 11 names at the top of our international index matrix, um, we only see two emerging markets representatives there. And those two are coming from China and Taiwan. Taiwan currently ranking second and China ranking fifth. Um, but out of the other uh, members of that top quartile that we see, those, those other nine, um, all de uh, developed market representatives and, and mostly coming from the Nordic area, actually, with five of those representatives there, Denmark being the top ranked um, area, individual country in that matrix, and also seeing the Netherlands, Sweden, Finland, and Switzerland all showing pretty high position as well. So um, that's kind of taking it a, a step further to identify the, those areas that have led to, um, have, have seen continued, this continued dispersion that we've seen led to increased performance from some of these individual countries. That might be a little bit different from just taking it at the broad developers emerging benchmark representation. Yeah, and that's really uh, building on all of that. This is really the process that we're thinking about when we're building either new models or new strategies. And something like IFV, which is a product that we, we do with First Trust, we take those countries and regions and we apply our relative strength methodology to them to really look at things, to really look at the underlying holdings without any emotion and overweight areas of strength and underweight areas of weakness. 
We also do something similar in BWCR and AAGR. Really, the common theme is taking emotion off the table, finding strength across the globe, and really over-allocating to it, while at the same time, really removing exposure to areas of the market that would be subtracted from the portfolio. Absolutely, Charlie. And that's, a, I mean, something we've seen across the board on the equity space, really through this rally, right? I mean, as we've as we touched on last week and we continue to see today, I mean, momentum has been really that kind of bellwether leading us out of this market bottom. And uh, seeing that displayed across momentum representation on the domestic equity side, as well as momentum representation, trying to capture this dispersion on the international side, um, just, just speaks to that, that kind of continued strength as we look towards uh, the end of 2020 here. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think uh, looking into the U.S. elections, looking into you know, continued developments with coronavirus, it's going to be ever more important to not only pay attention to portfolios, but really find ways to add an edge to your portfolio uh, without all of the extra emotion that's involved with making forecasts. Wonderful. Well, and so for to, for those areas that we touched on there, some of those country individual country representations that are going to be those higher relative strength areas. And for those of you that are subscribers to our platform, um, we will be coming out with the with the piece actually later today um, in, in the daily equity report. So be sure to keep an eye out for that for the international equity spotlight. Um, for those of you that are not subscribers, if you'd like to reach out or um, and, and get a free trial of the subscription, there just go to www.dorseywright.com slash trial. Um, and we'll be sure to get you, be able to get you signed up for a free trial there. Um, if you have any questions on anything that we've covered here today, um, f- feel free to reach out to us, 804-320-8511, um, or shoot us an email there at dwa at dorseywright.com. So um, with that, Charlie, um, I think we touched on most of what we're looking to cover here today. Um, So thank you very much for joining us here. And to all of you listeners, thank you very much for tuning in. um, And we'll see you next week.